welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence, and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast, episode number 16, Self-Confidence. So this is probably one of my favorite topics. And interestingly, I would have thought that because of that, I would have hammered this episode out without, with a very little effort. But for some reason, that's not been the case. And so I actually recorded this the other night, two nights ago, and I never pushed play. So that was a bummer. But at the same time, I realized after lifting my head and, you know, figuring out that I hadn't even recorded it, I thought, well, it wasn't quite where I wanted it to be anyway. So it's probably good that that's what, you know, what transpired. So here I am, my second go around. I do hope that I do it justice. And I want to just say for today, we're going to focus on the more along the lines of just the definition of what self-confidence is, understanding from where it comes, and then also addressing some of the obstacles in our way as human beings in order to really cultivate the skill of self-confidence, and then offering some tools and practices that I think will help build that toolkit for you. And um, so I think today will be a very worthwhile episode. I just want to say that for future There will be episodes on self-confidence that I will come at from a different angle. So I think that will allow for a little bit more of the full-bodied nature of what it really is and and take into consideration a little bit more of the the holistic approach that I try to bring to everything I do in my work and also in just how I try to live my life. So there you go. Let's dig in uh, today and start out. I Interestingly, I thought this was, you know, kind of a... A very um, ironic question I had from a young college student today on a call. He was, we were discussing some self-confidence, but he then said to me, what's the discernible, if there is a discernible difference between having confidence and self-confidence, Marta? And I thought, well, that's a great question. And I answered and said that both are emotions that we create with our thoughts but they do require different skill sets on our part to develop. So self-confidence can be defined like this. It is a trust and security in yourself and your abilities, capacities, and judgments, and a belief that you have an internal reservoir of resilience to ride the waves of whatever this human journey has in store. It's about taking action even when you are not feeling confident. So a personal example of this that I I can share is that when I started my coaching business, 
I had never been an entrepreneur, so I had never even considered what it would look like to do that or and and to have an online coaching practice, which was something that I hadn't even dreamed of being possible. And of course, it is my dream. So it's wonderful that it has come to fruition. But I just want to say that I really had to dig in to my internal reservoir of resilience to make this happen. And thankfully, I had, you know, been building some self-confidence muscle along the way. So I was able to access that. And I believed in my ability and capacity to do it. But like I said, you know, I really had no sense of what it entailed until I actually took the leap. And there are all sorts of obstacles that present themselves whenever we do something new and different, right? And some bigger than others. But that self-confidence keeps you engaged and undeterred when you're trying something new because you have this knowing that, you know what, even if I fail, I'm going to fail forward. I'm going to figure this out. I have the capacity to learn and the drive and the, the wherewithal to figure this out. So you stay engaged. And I often feel like even to this day that I'm still kind of jumping off a cliff, right? And the gift of self-confidence is always there to reassure me that I will build my wings on the way down. So confidence, on the other hand, draws on evidence of things you've been able to do or achieve in the past. So that might look like a sport, let's say soccer, that you've played for many years and you're confident in your abilities to do it. And let's say even when you have an off day, or you make an off play, you still have the confidence that you're a good player and you can get back on the horse and nail it going forward. So if someone were to ask you if you're confident in your skill of playing soccer, you'd reply, yes, of course I am because I've been playing this for most of my life or something along those lines. But practice, 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 repetition, all of those things very much play into building that, that skill and that muscle of self-confidence. Another example um, of confidence is driving a car. I, you know, I drove my daughter to school this morning, and I think it's safe to say that I'm very confident in my driving skills. So, okay, maybe my kids might beg to differ, but that's for another conversation. In general, though, I know I'm a good driver, and it's something I've done for a very long time, and with lots of practice, I have really pretty much complete confidence in my skill to drive. Now, that doesn't mean I have complete confidence in all the other drivers out there, and I need to be offensive and defensive when I drive, but the point is that it's a skill I've learned and I've developed, and I feel very confident in it. So with confidence, we gain more belief in ourselves, right? And with more belief in ourselves, we gain more self-confidence. It's all interrelated, and I think it's a win-win-win. So a good question to ask yourself is this, from where are you accessing your confidence? Where are you looking for it? Are you getting or trying to get confidence from something you've done? Or are you pulling on confidence from your past results? Or my friends, are you getting confidence from yourself, present day and future self? Now, if you answered for your, from yourself, I think you're golden. So although I, I probably don't need to sing the praises of the gift that self-confidence is on so many levels, 
it's just good to know that a healthy dose of self-confidence improves our mental, emotional, and physical health, including our relationships, our work, our contributions to the world, and frankly, the overall quality of our lives. So remember, self-confidence is not something we get from the outside. It is something that we build on the inside, which then beautifully manifests on the outside in a myriad of ways. So in order to build it, we need to navigate the obstacles in our way. And here are the top four I witness in my clients most often that they seem to kind of come up against in and on the path of growing their self-confidence muscle. So number one, internal dialogue. And this is big, my friends, because our thoughts drive our feelings. And since self-confidence is a feeling generated from our thinking, our belief system, it would make really good sense to get a handle on what that running tape in your mind is made up of. Ask yourself if it's a nourishing tape. Is it coming from a place of curiosity and compassion? Or is it really judgmental and harsh? It's just good to notice this. And by reading the temperature of those sentences in your brain, it will give you a good idea of why you're getting the results that you are in your life. And if you like what you're experiencing, then by all means, keep it going. But if you do not, take some time to turn inward, turn a flashlight on in your mind and examine the quality of what is going on in there. Kind of get a state of the affairs, okay? Freedom, my friends, comes from understanding you are not your thoughts. You are just the human thinking the thoughts. The same is true for your emotions. You are not your emotions. You are just the human experiencing the emotions. So it's good to get a bird's eye view, kind of a look from 40,000 feet, right? And be the observer of what is going on inside of you. There's no judgment necessary when you do this. But once you have conscious awareness of what is at play inside of you, what that tape is that's playing incessantly 24-7, you know, and all that mental chatter, you have the opportunity to question and come up with alternative and, frankly, ideally more nourishing thoughts going forward. And with consistent practice, you will shift your relationship with yourself and pave the way for feeling more self-confidence in your being by literally just changing your thinking and thought patterns. So something I heard a while back that got my attention was the way we speak to ourselves is either the way we were spoken to as children or the way we witnessed people speaking to each other when we were children. I thought that was so interesting. So become conscious of, of your own inner perspective, my friends. Super important, okay? So the second obstacle I see most often is mindset. And your mindset matters. So getting a handle for what kind of mindset from which you operate and engage with the world is really vital. So that internal dialogue 
is very much colored by mindset, right? Of course, makes sense. But understanding a mindset and, and kind of an angle that we take and we bring to the world is super important for us to, to just notice and be aware of. So our mindset, our view of ourselves is a very powerful player in determining the quality of our lives. And there is a Stanford psychologist, Carol Dweck, who coined two mindsets. One is the fixed mindset and the other is the growth mindset. And she talked about if you believe that your qualities are unchangeable, that's the fixed mindset. You will want to prove yourself correct over and over rather than learning from your mistakes. And learning from and being willing to make mistakes is where self-confidence takes root. So there's not a lot of room for self-confidence in a fixed mindset, my friends. I think we have all seen people with one consuming goal of proving themselves. And that might be in the classroom or on the court, in their relationships. Every situation calls for a confirmation of their intelligence and personality or character. And every situation is evaluated. Will I succeed or fail? Will I look smart or dumb? Will I be accepted or rejected? Will I feel like a winner or a loser? And interestingly, these things are culturally desirable, right? Because we value intelligence, personality, and character. So it's normal to want this. But what Dweck says is that there's another mindset in which these traits are not simply a hand you're dealt or have to live with. Always trying to convince yourself and others that you have a royal flush, as she would say, when you're secretly worried it's a pair of tens, right? In this mindset, the hand you're dealt is just the starting point for development. This growth mindset is based on the belief that your basic qualities are things you can cultivate through your efforts. And this is the birthplace of self-confidence. Changing our beliefs can have a powerful impact the growth mindset creates a powerful passion for learning. Why waste time proving over and over how great you are, right? When you could be getting better, when you could be evolving, when you could be growing and becoming. Why hide deficiencies instead of overcoming them, right? Why look for friends or partners who will just shore up your self-esteem instead of ones who will also challenge you to grow? And then why seek out the tried and true instead of experiences that will stretch you? The passion for stretching yourself and sticking to it, even or especially when it's not going well, this, my friends, is the hallmark of the growth mindset. This is the mindset that allows people to thrive during some of the most challenging times in their lives. So ask yourself, from which mindset are you operating? A growth mindset breeds self-confidence. It sees challenges as opportunities and pain as messengers and rejection as redirection. Isn't that awesome? I mean, who doesn't want to live like that, right? <laughs> the thoughts in a growth mindset are 
along the lines of things like, I am confident in my growth and capability to learn a new skill. This confidence is not based on something that I have already done or based on my capability and willingness to handle any and all emotion. No matter what happens, I will take care of myself. Now, the fixed mindset is more based on our talent, right? It's based in things that are kind of set in stone in our minds so that the minute we make a mistake, we give up. Failure is interpreted as a flaw from a fixed mindset. It's a problem instead of an essential part of the process. It's a big difference. Makes all the difference, frankly. I'm often asked by my clients, so what if I mess up, Marta? (laughs) And I always respond by saying, what if? What if you mess up? You tell me. Right? How about thinking new and more nurturing thoughts like, I will be so proud of me for trying. I have my back. I'm proud of me always. I am a learner. I can feel all emotions. I can feel disappointment. I can feel rejection. I can do hard things. So take some time to ponder mindset and if you might be in the market for a shift. So just give it a give it some thought. All right, moving on to the third obstacle, which is perfectionism. So we assume all along that we should be better than we are, and it's not true. You get to question this. Choose to examine this thought. Why does your brain believe that you need to be better, to be perfect? Perfectionism is the fundamental belief that you could or should be better. And I can say personally, from when I was young, I always had this sense that I should be better. I needed to be better to be good enough. And this gnawing belief stayed with me for a very long time. It ate at me in many aspects of my life. But the irony was so interesting because I never ever thought of myself as a perfectionist because I never believed that I was good enough in in the world, right? So in my eyes, my life was far from perfect. I was far from perfect. But interestingly, what I learned is it's that idea that you are not good enough and that in order to be worthy, you need to be better. This, my friends, is what breeds the perfectionistic mindset. So a perfectionist believes that I cannot make mistakes which of course precludes us from building our self-confidence muscle. And this belief that you cannot make mistakes, it's based in a faulty belief system. Our brains are not always reliable narrators. Know this. Don't always believe what your brain is telling you. In fact, question it. Remind it that you are capable of making mistakes and failing forward. Remind it you're a learner. And in order to keep growing and evolving, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. But know that you want to have a safe place to land, especially when you're in the teenage years and you're an early adult and you're trying to kind of figure out how to do this life thing and insecurity kind of rules the day, right? That doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. In fact, you're doing it all right. You're answering that question, who am I? And of course, that brings with it a lot of insecurity. 
but you're also in process of setting the stage and the foundation for building that muscle of self-confidence. Learning how to feel all your, your emotions, this is an important piece, my friends, because it will then reassure you and kind of help you move through the discomfort and vulnerability and, and potential feelings of loss or rejection or not enoughness and keep moving forward because you know something to be true. You know you can feel any emotion and survive. And in order to build more confidence and self-confidence in yourself, you've got to be willing to experience any and all feelings. So I just want to kind of end this with the thought that I just want to be perfect so everything will be okay and I won't be seen as less than or not good enough. It's also the quickest way to lose confidence. So give this some thought and report back, okay? Along with perfectionism and people-pleasing and mindset and our internal dialogue, right, we also seem to lean towards people-pleasing. Oh, wait, I just said that, didn't I? Well, here we are. Number four is people-pleasing. And people-pleasing is attempting to control how people view you. People-pleasing looks like saying yes to everything or being the person who always is there for anything that's needed, okay? There's not a lot of boundary setting going on in people-pleasing. <laughs> that's always a good sign. If there's any sort of resentment on the horizon, that's a good sign. You're probably people-pleasing and not being authentic and true. Approval lets us know that we are on the right track and we are worthy. You don't want to lose the approval of the people that you're dependent on. I understand that, especially when you're younger, right? And you're, you're also not wanting to lose the approval and risk rejection by the outside world. So what do we do as people pleasers? We protect ourselves by hiding, right? But it's pretending. It's lying. It's not being true. When we hide, we are not able to show up and dig in and learn and grow and evolve and truly shine as we are meant to shine. There's no room to build the muscle of self-confidence because we're totally dependent on others for our worthiness and we're doing so from a place that's not even true to who we are. So it's where we gain our sense of self through what other people think of us. And I want you to just take a moment. If you are or think you might be a people pleaser, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Do I genuinely want to? Am I attempting to control the way someone perceives me to feel better about myself? What is my primary motivator here? Do I like my why? Am I holding myself back from growth? So ask yourself these questions and pay attention, as I always say, and notice. Do you like your answers? And if not, Consider shifting and engaging with yourself in the world from a more authentic place. And it's one small step at a time, and I can help you do that. All right, so now that we've covered the obstacles in our way, the top four obstacles, at least for my clients, that I see on a very consistent basis, let's talk about how to build self-confidence and some of the daily practices that I recommend that might help you pave that path forward. Number one would be that, you know, building the confidence starts within. 
So I would have you ask yourself these questions and also take some time to journal and write about this or even use your phone and do audio memos to yourself. Regardless, ask yourself these questions. What are your thoughts about yourself? What are the thoughts that are preventing you from taking action? What are the thoughts that are creating the fear? What are the thoughts that are creating self-doubt? And what are the thoughts that are creating insecurity? Okay, so once you ask yourself these questions and you answer, pay attention to what feelings each of these thoughts create for you. Because for many, the quality of their thoughts are often creating more dread and fear and insecurity and anxiety and embarrassment and shame and lack. So knowing this and making the connection between our thoughts and the feelings they create huge because that's where change can occur. Once you understand that correlation of thoughts and feelings, the rest is something that I think you're going to be willing to, to under, undertake because you now understand that they are so interrelated. And if you want different results, you got to come up with some different ways of thinking and believing, my friends. So brainstorming, this would be the next thing I'd recommend, is an exercise that entertains alternative thoughts to the thoughts on repeat in your mind. And again, this is a practice, and it's something I'd want you to just consider doing on a daily basis. This ex exercise really just helps you know that there are options. There's other thoughts and other ways of thinking about things out there. It's not just one way, okay? Our thoughts are optional. Change is possible. Growth is possible. And there's no rush. So take it one step at a time. And as you practice this brainstorming process, it will help pave the way to feeling more at ease and self-assured. But there's a few caveats to this brainstorming writing prompt that I want to just mention. And that is, just remember how the brain operates and that it's, you know, a self preserver um, preserving kind of machine, right? It's our or it's the greatest organ we have. It's also one that isn't always in our best interest in terms of health and wellness. It's more about safety, security, familiarity, what's known. The brain doesn't like change, so it will resist new thoughts. So just remember this, know this, nothing's gone wrong. Expect the resistance. But know that the more you come up with alternative thoughts that are not too extreme and just a little bit at a time, the more your brain will be able to try them on for size and be open and actually kind of just open the door to possibly, a, you know, a different way of looking at things, the possibility that something else could be true. So think of it as small and steady changes to your thoughts, Okay. I'd like to share some ideas that for original and alternative thoughts that my clients have come up with along the way that I think are really quite brilliant. And I think just by sharing them with you, I hope they'll get your wheels turning. And they are, an original thought, I always feel awkward at a party. Alternative thought, 
I am sure I'm not the only person tonight that is going to feel uncomfortable and out of their element. Original thought. I never have anything to say. Alternative thought. I'm just going to focus on being interested in others. Original thought. This is so uncomfortable. Alternative thought. I can handle a little bit of discomfort and feeling insecure and anxious. It's all good. Original thought. This is hard. Alternative thought. This is new. Just notice, with the original thought versus the alternative thought, the feelings it generates and kind of brings up in you, okay? Just notice and pay attention. Alternative, or sorry, original thought. I really screwed that up. Alternative thought. I love you anyway. That's kind of my favorite. Original thought. I have no idea what I am doing. Alternative thought. I am a learner. So as you can tell, there are small but mighty shifts in our thought process here. And when you try on these alternative thoughts, as I said, pay attention to how they feel in your body. And if they feel in a way that generates both a good feeling, right, and an action of showing up and being willing to fail and get back up and having the courage to do so, well, guess what? You have fallen on some good thoughts. These are good. Go with them because they're kind of magic. You've hit gold is kind of what I say. These thoughts are out there. You just have to practice and you have to find those alternative thoughts that work for you because what sounds good to someone else and actually feels good to someone else might not feel so good in your own body. So pay attention to that. Notice. Keep trying different thoughts on and beliefs on for size and see what jives for you. As I always say, being human is a messy, multi-layered, exhilarating, clunky, colorful, and extraordinary adventure. And honestly, you guys, it only gets sweeter and more full-bodied. The better you take care of yourself, you get to know yourself, and you choose to believe in yourself. If you commit to this practice, this inside-out living, you will be pleasantly surprised with the person you meet on the inside. So know that our soul is really quite unconcerned with perception. In fact, our soul seeks alignment, truth, authenticity, we all can be on the path of aligning our insides with our outsides. And when we do this, I promise you self-confidence is the, or one of the very beautiful byproducts. And the sky is truly the limit. So that's all I have for you guys this week. I'd like to give a special shout out to the Lalu girls basketball team though. Thanks to coach Marv. We reached out. You guys keep digging in and doing this work. You are worth it. So keep showing up, keep willing to meet you and promise to keep choosing you. Okay. I'll see you guys here next week. Big love and hugs to all. Take care. 
having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. When you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.